Okay, hello everybody, and um, welcome to another episode of the Talent Intelligence Podcast. So, the last episode I did must have gone to, you know, gone reasonably well because I've been allowed to do another one by myself. So, <laughs> this time um, it's kind of a follow-on actually from that conversation with with Christina Finseth at Intercellar. We were talking about, um, I suppose, candidate outreach. You know, creating curiosity, getting those replies, booking those initial interviews. We're kind of flipping that around this time. Um, and talking about candidates themselves, you know, if you are a job seeker or if you are someone who's just keen to work for another company that you've, you've kind of spotted um, and you've liked, how do you cut through the noise and, and maybe engage with a hiring team? Um, and to do that, I am joined by Will Allred at Lavender. So, um, yeah, why don't you give us the usual cheesy intro to yourself, Will, before we dive in? <laughs> well, Dave, I, I appreciate it, man. Um, I'm Will Allred. I'm one of the co-founders at Lavender. Um, Lavender is a uh, real-time email assistant. So our product sits within your inbox and it helps you write a better email faster. The topic of today, the topic of talking to hiring managers, you know, breaking through the noise, it's something that is dear to my heart. You know, our product is typically used by salespeople, but it didn't actually start that way. When we first launched our product, uh, we didn't know who we had built it for. And so one of the user groups that we talked to and we, we tried to get to adopt our product was folks searching for a job. We got started with this company uh, between March of 2020 and May of 2020. So a lot of people were looking for work. And so it's something that's actually stayed core to who we are today. And the fact that we offer this email assistance, this product for free to folks that are searching for a job. Um, so I'm super excited to be chatting with you today. And yeah, you know, I'm to jump in because I've got some personal experience of getting a job through cold email. Um, actually, I think it was technically a cold DM, but same concepts will hold true as far as how I give advice around breaking through. Um, but also, you know, um, yeah, things that stand out to me when I get reached out to by folks. Yeah, I think yeah. I probably have some advice for my past self when it comes to how I reached out cold, so. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think, you know, one thing we spoke about uh, with Christina, and then it's a, a topic I speak to a lot of people about across recruitment is, you know, as someone who spent 10 years in sales, we are trained in cold outreach, you know, there's always ways we could do it better and, and lavender is obviously a way to to kind of to do that but recruiters are almost the next step on from that and aren't necessarily trained to do the cold outreach they're trained to do all the bits after that when they've got the candidate interested but not the cold outreach so when we're speaking about individuals looking to engage with the hiring team whether that's a recruiter or a hiring manager if you're not from a sales or a recruitment function yourself the chances are you've never had any kind of basic foundational learning in this at all you probably know how to write, you know, that's, that's a basic, but actually there's so yeah. many, so many things I found counterintuitive, actually. Um, you know, speaking as someone who through academia learned to write in probably a way that was far too complicated to try and sound smart and get a high grade. You almost yeah. have to reverse yeah. that learning, don't you? In this kind of thing, the simpler, the better is, is, you know, the thing we hear a lot. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's one of my favorite parts of coming on shows like this is, you know, we see millions of emails every month. And so one of the things I get to do is just lean on the data that we're seeing within our own product and simplicity. is like the number one driver for response. 
So what you just talked about with how complex the writing is, we see it over and over and over again, just crushing people's response rates. 70% of emails are written at or beyond a 10th grade reading level. And the way we're taught, you know, we're encouraged to be more complicated. We're encouraged to you know, sound smart. And so when we get into these situations where we're trying to build credibility and we're trying to you know, you know, show off a little bit, right? what happens is we lean on how we've been taught. We lean on those, those patterns of how we've written before. And the problem is like, it's not designed for a B2B, you know, business conversation. It's designed for academia where it should stay. That's <laughs> like, you know, um, just taking an email from a 10th grade reading level. Now this is in a sales context, but I imagine the same would hold true within a recruiting or within a, um, uh, within a job seeking environment is when you write at a fifth grade reading level, compared to a 10th grade reading level, you increase your chance of getting a positive response by 31%, which like, you know, folks are out here like trying to move the needle like one percentage point. It's like 31% is just like sitting out there and you're ignoring it by using these big words, uh, these overly long sentences that just muck up and cloud up your writing. Yeah, and I, th I think it's, it's easy not to realize but that's what you're doing as well, because we're also kind of stuck in this way of writing and almost email in particular is sort of very traditionally seen as similar to writing a letter. You know, there's, there's some of the kind of same patterns of you know, over formal language creep in. And I suppose you say from a sales perspective, if we think about it from a, a candidate or a job seekers perspective, the person I, as the person selling recruitment services, as an example, is reaching out to is probably the same person that X candidate is reaching out to. So mm -hmm. the same rules probably apply because you're looking for the same person to, to get back to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and when you think about the way that they go through their inbox, yeah, this is the thing that we don't always conceptualize, which is how the other person is going through the inbox. We have like zero empathy for it. Um, I see it in sales, but it's typically just kind of true because we're stuck on our task. We're thinking about ourselves and we don't think about like, how is the email going to look on a mobile phone? We don't think about yeah you know, how the email is really going to be read, understood, comprehended. Um, and so like simplicity, like it sounds I don't know, elementary to be a little bit punny, but like it's um, it really comes back to how they're going through their inbox. They're triaging through a deluge of inbox, all these emails that they're getting. And um, you know, when you think about how long they're actually going to spend reading your email, you've got 11 seconds. The first three of which they're going to be just deciding, am I going to delete this? And so we get stuck in our head about what we're writing, but we forget that they actually don't read our message for any kind of comprehension. They're reading strictly for categorization because it's triage, right? They're trying to get back to the to-do list items in their inbox. And so they are, you know, scanning quickly, trying to assess what this is and what they need to do with it. And so, you know, whether it's a job seeker reaching out or, you know, a seller or you trying to recruit in, 
you know, them being able to quickly understand what this is and why you're reaching out is just absolutely critical. Yeah. I mean, the, the inbox triage thing is something I see you talking a lot about on LinkedIn. And, and it's, again, like you say, something we don't think about when we're sending the email, but it's something as someone who receives dozens, yeah. hundreds of emails a day, we both do it. So yep. you've always got to I suppose, put yourself in the recipient's shoes in a way. Um, so getting into the, the kind of the candidate of the job seekers perspective. So, you know, whether you are an, an active job seeker or you've basically decided this company's for me, I want to try and get there at some point in the future. Um, we typically as recruiters will say, let's say there's a, an open sales position somewhere. We have a sales director, a VP of sales, who's a hiring manager, but we might also have a talent acquisition manager who is almost kind of been given that rec by the hiring manager and said, right, go and, go and fix that for me. Um, mm -hmm. So what you've got there as a candidate is one, who do I approach? How would I get on the hiring manager's radar? Because ultimately they're going to be my boss and I want them to go, okay, there's something in this, but at yeah. the same time, they've handed that task off acquisition manager so they can continue with their to-do list so you almost got two sets of triage going on in a way so yeah. what would your advice be to somebody in that scenario who is wanting to catch a hiring manager's attention um whether it be by email a linkedin message anything like that but who's perhaps already kind of kicked off the process of applying or being approached for a role there's a lot of noise to cut through there yeah, um, and this might not make recruiters happy, but I've always been of the mindset that you want to reach out to your future boss, not to the recruiter. I just have found that there's, yeah, there's a little bit more receptivity, but as far as like outcomes go, um, you want that person who you're going to work with to be excited to work with you. I think that's just what can, that's what's going to move the needle. Um, so yeah, the, the other piece that I see a lot of folks do, because you know, I sit down with um, sellers a lot for one-on-ones, but every now and then it's a conversation around like looking for a job. How do I you know, approach this? Um, one of the first things I, I look at is like, well, how are you approaching it today? And I see folks just like spraying and praying around like, just, I want to work in software sales. I want to get into tech. And it's like, dude, calm down. Like <laughs> you can't reach out to everybody on the planet and expect to get a job. This is an important thing. It's probably more important, than, you know, you selling a product. It's, you know, where are you going to actually go work? So like what I tell folks is like, okay, narrow down your list of like where you actually want to go be, you know, take a hard look in the mirror on like what skill sets you bring to the table, where you're going to be a good fit, but actually like, you know, do the work to understand where you should be applying where you want to go be and where you have passion to want to go, um, you know, bring a lot more to the table. Like one of my, my favorite examples is um, like Beyond Meat. So we're all now familiar with Beyond Meat, but mm -hmm. at the, the time that I reached out, um, that I, they were not nearly as popular. They hadn't like figured out the, the formula or anything, but they were starting to hire to like ramp up that go-to-market. Um, at the time I was, um, working in marketing, um, but like, I really didn't have like the tactical experience that like they needed in that role. And I didn't necessarily understand that. So I reached out cold and was like, Hey, what's up? I really want to work here. Like I'm super passionate about it. They were like, no. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, like 
Yes, say it was, yeah, um, a role in which like it made a ton of sense for me to be there, like probably would have gotten a lot more conversation going. And the like, and I've seen that as well, right? Where like you reach out to a company where like you've got actual applicable experience. So like, don't just like say, I'm going to go work at Tesla and just like throw it over the line, right? Actually be thoughtful about, okay, since I've worked in this world, like here's where I want to like go take my experience and like spend my time, like, narrow it down to like a list of 10 companies, do your research on them. Yeah, this is an important decision. So like actually, you know, doing the, the hard part, the work on like understanding them, understanding their clients, understanding, you know, what they're actually trying to go accomplish. Like few do that. And if you do, you stand out above the rest. And so when you go to write a cold email, when you go to reach out, you know, the conversation is very different. It's, hey, um, yeah, I, I saw, um, yeah, the following, like, two things makes me believe that you're trying to um, sell in the following way. Like, I remember one story. There's a, there's like a sales rep over at Gong now. He might have left. Um, but like in his hiring process or like evaluation process to go work there, one of the things he did is he went and like started talking to prospective customers about like how they would, um, perceive the company, the value of the company, and like basically ran a sales process outside of applying for a sales role there. And then came in and became a sales rep there very quickly because it was like, yeah, the the, this person clearly wants the job. They're already doing the work. You know, they, they've shown that they can do it. You know, those kinds of just like, you know, what seem like Herculean efforts really aren't that hard, right? Might take you a couple hours out of your day, but if you really want to go work somewhere, like that should be the thing that you go do. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we're, we're at a, a strange time for anyone who's hiring where yeah. it's got tougher. You know, that's the simplest way to put it. You know, um, inbound applications are hugely down. Um, we're seeing companies fighting over smaller numbers of people. There's still a little bit of um, pandemic hesitancy from some people to, to, to switch roles at the moment. Um, yeah. So you've got companies, you mentioned Tesla, you could also throw in people like Facebook and Uber and companies who have no shortage of inbound applicants um, or people trying to work there. So mm -hmm. from what you've said there, well, I think that those are the kind of companies where you have to do something like that to stand out from the crowd. Absolutely. That, that's the only yeah. way you're going to do it. If you're approaching a slightly lesser known company that's maybe not got quite as strong an employer brand, for example, but they're you know in the field that you want to get into, you like what they do, you're the one with the control and the power at the moment because they probably are having trouble finding people like you. So yeah. that level of personalization is just going to take that up a a notch even further, isn't it? We talk about personalization in sales. It's exactly what you've just described from it's true. engaging with a hiring manager as well. It's an interesting market right now in the sense that like if you're an SDR, for example, you hold a lot in power and weight in that discussion, but you think about how much they're going to pay you, you think about how quickly you make the hiring process. Like there's some things that you could be doing that would just like set yourself up um, where if you take that extra step and you go through like actually getting to know the customer. Well, you'll actually get a sense of, do you want to go do this? 
yeah. it's not it's not just um yeah you're gonna stand out above the rest but you're actually gonna have a sense of like is this a place i want to go be right like i'd love to see yeah if somebody was like i want to come work at lavender yeah they're like hey i've actually like used the product crazy thing right <laughs> um, <laughs> i've thought about ways that the product can get better i've you know i've talked to other sales reps that are using the product in ways that they like it. Um, I've talked to sales leaders about where they see a product like this fitting in. And because of those conversations, I really want to come work here. Not, you know, I did this because I want to show off. I did this because it like showed to me that this is the place I want to go be. Um, and then on reverse, I see that and I'm like, that's a person that I really want at a company like mine, right? That's somebody who's, you know, clearly thoughtful, is clearly, you know, has a bias towards action and is going to do whatever it takes to get the job done. Uh, I think those are things that, yeah, it, it goes both ways, right? Stands out, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be more impressed with the individual, but at the same time, like on the flip side, like they're gonna have a better sense of the company because they did that work. Um, and like, I know, I know we're here to talk about like cold email, like the specific of like reaching out, but I think that like upfront work is so important. And like all of that, all that work actually fuels what the outreach should look like. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, 99% of people who listen to this podcast are not going to go do it. I just know that. And so like the folks that do will still continue to stand out. Um, oh, that's the crazy thing isn't it yeah um it just comes down to you know people typically won't do the work but um, <laughs> if, if you want like a basic guarantee that i will pay attention and and start the conversation with you that's a start right um you can't fake that type of of knowledge can you you know there's yeah. so much we see it in sales all the time the kind of the, what I like to call fake personalization, i.e. you've referenced which university I went to. You know, you, you can fake that quite easily. Um, but yeah. the actual due diligence, if, if you are really keen to work somewhere and you've done your research, because never mind anything else, it's important for you as a job seeker or as a candidate to know if it's the right place for you. Never mind that you're the right thing for them. Right. It right. shows. You, you can read through that. And I, I think, like, that's, like, one layer of it, right? Like, Say you're not going to be the person that does the work. Well, you can at least like sit here and listen to this podcast, right? And like take a phrase from it or something I said and be like, okay, this clearly seems to be something that you value. Um, yeah, this is something that I've embodied in prior roles. And I'd love to, you know, have a conversation about, you know, the current opening. It's, it's not, yeah. The, the layer of personalization doesn't have to be as deep as like I'm doing customer interviews with your prospective customers and here's some products that I brought to the table, right? Like, obviously that's fantastic. Um, but maybe let's bring it back down to like where the other 99% of people um, will likely behave, which is yeah, the, the real personalization. So, you know, in that outreach, just listening to a podcast, listening to something that hiring manager or exec has put out there and using it to just craft your perspective on why you're showing up because half the time it's like hey i saw 
half the time, 99% of the time, it's, hey, I saw you have this job opening and I think I would be a great fit. Here are all the reasons that I'm the great fit for this job opening. Let me know if you want to talk. Um, or, you know, it's like, I would be honored to be considered for the role or something like that. Um, regardless of which power dynamic you want to play, the message is terrible. Um, the message is terrible because it's like, okay, I mean, I, you could have just sent me your resume at that point, which you probably, <laughs> probably off. Yeah, it's probably uh, too. <laughs> yeah, one of, the, one of the things that uh, we did at Lavender um, when we were looking for a sales intern was we literally just posted, um, I don't want to see your resume, just write me a cold email. That's the job. So I just want to see if you can write me a cold email. And I like that. <laughs> literally 90% of the emails were exactly as I described. I was like, and they had a resume attached. I was like, don't write your resume. It's <laughs> literally instructions. Um, yeah. So well, this is how people have been taught to do these things. That's that's it. So it's well, yeah. you're um, kind of changing the norm, I suppose, is, is what you're trying to do. And, and sure. I understand why you would attach the resume. It was more just like, I was just shocked because it's literally the don't send me a resume. But yeah. I think about the experiences that stood out. I had one guy, he actually, um, so super cool, um, had just graduated high school literally a week before and reached out and said, I'm not going to college. I want to be a sales rep. Like, here's like my, my perspective on what Lavender is doing and like why I'm so excited to join. And yeah, me being me, I, I didn't respond because I wanted to see the sales rep, will they follow up? Yeah. This dude comes in on a Saturday with a video demo of our product and shoots it to me over LinkedIn because he said, hey, I saw, um, I saw you don't check your email on the weekends, but I imagine you're still getting push notifications. Here's like a quick demo I did of the product so that you can see um, how I present it to a prospective client. It's like, who does that? That's yeah, like above and that's a new one. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so like, not only did he show me he was doing his research, but he was showing me like, here's, here's how I'm going to present the product externally. So like just continuing to do things that like stand out and show up. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's funny, the, um, the, that person um, ended up not going into sales. Uh, which I thought was like super, like, just kind of like a interesting sort of like side note. The person actually was like, yeah, from talking to you, talking to your co-founder, like, I actually want to go build my own thing one day. And so he's actually now back in school learning how to code. So I was like, that's cool. Wow. Yeah. Um, which I told him, it's like, when, whenever you decide that you want to go back into sales, just call me. <laughs> um, but, I like it whenever, not if. Whenever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was an interesting tangent. Um, but yeah, I, I think of the, the layers of an effective, like cold outreach that do really well. Um, and I'll, I'll sort of, so like I started at like the bad, which is like, here's all the things about me, right? The, the medium, I'll tell a story about actually how I got the job before I got into entrepreneurship, which was a consulting firm. Um, I reached out to the CEO of the consulting firm 
I had talked to a few people over coffee. The name of the company had come up a few times as a boutique um, firm called TopRate, former Apple execs, McKinsey execs, helping yeah, some pretty big companies figure out uh, really what their marketing strategy and story should be. Um, so I, I talked to a couple of folks. They were like, yeah, just um, you should reach out to Dave, who's the, not you, Dave, but the CEO of the company, Dave, um, and, and see if he's looking for some help. And so the way I structured my out round was, yeah, hey, I've had coffee with a few folks. Your name continues to come up as a firm that I should be looking at when I'm continuing my career. Um, a bit about me, I just spent a year um, as the first hire onto this new team over at a company called Healthgrades. Think of it like Yelp for doctors. One of the big lessons I learned was um, the fact that I still remember this cold messages. That <laughs> was to hit send, but um, yeah. The, uh, one of the key lessons I learned was um, the power that a strong brand story can have. The fact that I have to use Yelp as an example showcases that yeah, there was a lack of familiarity in the market. And so over the next couple of years, I really want to dig in and learn more about marketing. Mm -hmm seems like you would be the best person to learn from. And I promise that I will give my 100% sunrise to sunset to make that happen. Are you looking for an analyst right now? Um, got a response within uh, like 30 minutes and just like, hey, can you come into the office like next week? And I was like, wow. sweet, great. And so like, you know, I just reiterated that through my interview process. It's like, I can't claim to know everything about marketing strategy. I just know it's something I want to learn more about. And, and it's true to who I was. I wasn't like trying to pretend, but yeah, I think it was appreciated that I was like, yeah, I brought to the table, here's what I'm looking to gain from the experience. Um, I didn't like dig into, yeah, here's all the things that I did on my resume and like, here's the things that I do, blah, blah, blah. It was much more of like, Here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm trying to learn. And so yeah. I think it's sort of like the medium ground. If you do that, you're in a better position than if you just show up and you give me the laundry list. So mm -hmm. like the sales equivalent is I've gone from features to benefits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the next layer of this, and this is what I tell folks to do, is to start with where the hire is, right? Focus on what are they trying to accomplish? And this is like, you know, what takes a good salesperson and makes them great is the dialogue is focused around the problem of the end user. And so that, that email should really be, hey, I noticed the following things about your company. You're likely dealing with a certain X. I imagine that's why you're hiring for Y. Or, you know, I saw you're hiring for Y. You know, given the following things I've observed about the company or given the things that I've seen XYZ say publicly, um, yeah, it, it makes sense that you'd be hiring for this role. You're probably looking for someone who brings the following attributes to the table. Those are things that I've done in my past or, you know, I've done things that are tangential and I'm looking to dig deeper into them. You know, would it be a good conversation? Like, would um, 
would you be open to having a conversation about the role to see if it's a good fit? Yeah, it's very similar to a cold email, but what I've done now is like, I've taken the context of I get where you are and I get where you're trying to go. And I think I can be a solution to help you get there. Yeah. Which, yeah, I like that a lot. It's 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 product positioning almost, isn't it? Um, in a way, yeah. and I, there's there's a lot of similarities, and and I don't think this is a coincidence at all between the way we look at recruiter outreach and how you know you mention so often you'll get those emails where someone's just essentially listed their resume, um, copy and pasted their LinkedIn profile into the email and sent it to you, and in the same way recruiters, I mean, I, I get them all the time, will send a message or send an email that is here's a job spec, are you interested? And it's just the same thing in reverse. So you've got to think, I suppose, as a recruiter, we talk about, well, what are the push and pull factors for that candidate? You know, you need to get into their aspirations. What do they want out of a, another role that they're not getting out of the one they're in? So from a candidate's perspective, everything you've just said, Will, is exactly the same. Just flipped around to their perspective is where are they now? Where do they want to be? And are you the right candidate to fill that gap and, and help them get there? Yeah. And, and you don't have to like answer all the reasons that you're the candidate to fill that gap. That's what the interview process is for, right? Mm -hmm. Just like that's what the discovery, you know, demo, et cetera, are for. Um, it's, it's about just peaking enough interest that says, you know, hey, Dave, I get where you're at and I think I can help. Mm -hmm. And just doing those two things alone stands out like tremendously. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, I, I can see that completely. I think it's, yeah, it's something people don't necessarily think about, you know, when they're making that outreach. You know, I think recruiting as a sector, whether that's an external company or whether it's an internal hiring manager, maybe been at fault of, <laughs> of that in a way in that it's such a process-driven, regimented process. Often it doesn't allow for that kind of human flavor all the time. And yeah. that's what you're trying to inject by bringing a bit of personality to it. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you think about it too, right? Which is that um, that is a standard, like what's known in sales as a pattern break. And yeah, the pattern is typically we take in the resumes, we review the bullet points, we decide if that's someone we want to talk to. But like, let's be real about how the actual hiring process goes. You get a referral, you drop your resume, your resume has been greenlit because of the referral, and then you get a conversation. Most jobs are happening because you get a referral. It's just, it is what it is. Um, because I'm not saying it's a good system, but it's just what we continue to see people lean on, particularly as they're trying to find people quickly and they're trying to find people that they trust. So another thing that's really effective that like people should think about when they're trying to find a way into a company is to find a warm referral. Um, it's something we don't do enough in the sales world, but it's yeah. something a lot easier to do when you're looking for a job, not for a commission check. Um, <laughs> way to, the way to approach it, right? Like LinkedIn is a very active place. And so, you know, you look now for people who are, yeah, like the first thing I would do is I would just go to the hiring manager and see if I've got a secondary connection. And I would reach out and say, hey, Dave, I see um, you know Christina. Um, do you know Christina well enough to make an introduction for me? Right? Pretty simple, just asking, is that something you could do? Um, 
yeah, maybe you add some flavor of like they're hiring for X role and I think I'd be a good fit. Mm -hmm. um, but like, yeah, the idea is very simple. The, um, the harder one is you don't know someone. So like, say, I don't know you, Dave, um, but I see you've been engaging with Christina. Say, I saw you did a podcast with Christina. Dave, I saw you did a podcast with Christina. It was super great. Um, I'd love to um, connect further on the conversation you had with her. Um, frankly, I saw she's hiring and I'd love to get a third party perspective uh, before I reach out one-on-one. -on -one. Then when you have that conversation, you can just ask and be like, hey, yeah, I'm gonna reach out one-on-one, -on -one, but I was curious if you would be open to making an introduction for me. You don't lead with that, obviously. Yeah. But you have the networking prowess to like add that at the end before the, the call ends, where, you know, Dave, it was great to meet you. By the way, the reason I reached out was about Christina, she's hiring. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd love a, an intro if you're open to it, right? Yeah, I, I think those are fantastic tips because speaking from the other end of that process, you know, we are ultimately a headhunter, you know, we'll pick up challenging roles. So very often by the time a position gets to us, it's because the hiring manager hasn't been able to fill the role through that referral process, through that own network process. So yeah. if you can almost manufacture that referral, then you stand a much bigger chance of getting through that that kind of hurdle, as it were, before they go, I need to do this differently and, yeah. you know, come to somebody like us um, who might reach out to you anyway. But, you know, it, it increases the chances, like you say, of, of getting that. And we know in sales that referrals close at a higher rate than anything else, but we just don't yeah. ask for them enough. So there I, should be no reason why this is any different. And I mean, you're, I, that's what I'm looking for. I've done this a bajillion times where you just go from one conversation and you end the networking conversation with, here's some other folks that I should be talking to that you know, right? You can start to generate conversations with different people, pick up, you know, new coffee meetings. It doesn't have to always be like physical coffee, virtual coffee, but, you know, it's just having the courage to put yourself out there and have that dialogue. Yeah, it's just something that is, um, something that is uh, rarely done and honestly, rarely done well. Um, but if you're just genuinely curious to get to know people and understand more about what they do and their company, people are typically open to having that dialogue. You just have to approach mm -hmm. it the right way. He's like, I get a ton of folks that reach out and they're like, Hey, Will, um, thanks for connecting with me on LinkedIn. Like I'd love for LinkedIn to be more than just, you know, a social profile. You want to grab virtual coffee sometime. I'm like, okay, you probably said <laughs> like 500 people like this. Is <laughs> I'm not gonna grab virtual yeah. coffee and waste my time with you, but if you like take some like time to be like, hey, just checking out what you're building, um, you know, really interesting approach. Yeah, you could even just say like, you know, really interesting approach. Given so many folks are helping people send more emails, yeah, you, know, you guys are focused on helping people write better emails. I'd love to have a conversation to understand more about how you came to that conclusion. Uh, yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to be like terribly intricate right <laughs> but you're just you're kicking out a dialogue in a way that says like this is more than just like a you know spray and pray notion and actually yeah. trying to get to know you um because i'm genuinely interested um yeah. 
yeah, the, the networking thing is, it's not hard if you take a genuine curiosity in other people. Yeah, completely. And that's where, you know, I think both of us would say we're equally obsessed with LinkedIn, but it's, it's an incredible tool for doing that because it does make it pretty easy if you do it, you know, genuinely, you know, rather than oh, the spray and pray, as you say. Um, it honestly, so one thing I wanted conversations that I wasn't necessarily ready to have, uh, <laughs> time where I thought myself, I wanted to go into data science. <laughs> right. This is actually an interesting lesson that might be helpful for folks as they're searching. So, um, I had this like idea. I think I like I was like young, dumb. Uh, I read an article that like data scientists are getting paid like super well, and I was like, "Wow, data science sounds cool. Let me like investigate, see if I can like, yeah, you know, check it out." Well, <clears throat> one of the lessons I like hadn't quite learned yet is like people don't necessarily want to just like train you to be a data scientist on the job. And so like via <laughs> yeah. networking, I actually got myself into like some interesting interviews. I think I interviewed with, um, was the shortest interview I've ever been a part of, but MailChimp uh, <laughs> okay. brought me in to talk about being a data scientist. And like within five minutes of the interview, the hiring manager was like, so you don't know R or Python? And I was like, no, I kind of figured I'd pick it up on the roll. And they were like, what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, so like you can get a bit over your skis doing the networking thing. But, you know, had I done my research beforehand and like just thought about it a little bit further, probably wouldn't have like gone down that path that far. Yeah. I would have probably been like... It's probably not the best example but there's a lot of things yeah. you can get away with learning and just just say by just saying yes to stuff you know talking to people and For sure. you know, well, learning as you do it data science probably isn't one of them <laughs> yeah yeah but i think the the lesson learned was um yeah similar to like my just growing resumes over the wall like tesla right yeah um there's a lot of young folks out there who are just kind of throwing things out there and hoping that the opportunity just like presents itself just being a little bit more thoughtful about how you're going out there and striking up the dialogue because like you know you go and you network with people they're willing to open doors for you they're willing to make conversations happen and so if you are not targeted in what you do you know now that i've had that experience i'm a bit smarter about how i how i go and like connect people but you know getting into that connection without having that like obvious coding experience it was like an <clears> eye opener for me in the sense of, like i should probably be a bit more targeted in how i like think through networking and getting introduced to job opportunities because it was like ah oh, mailchimp's a cool sexy atlanta startup i want to go work there what do i want to go do data science i don't know all right <laughs> like, like what yeah, maybe think. people will uh learn from your mistakes then yeah it's <laughs> like people in their early 20s probably do and it's just dumb <laughs> yeah. uh, it's just we were all there we were all there yeah <laughs> a little too long ago now but the advice i'd have on the back end of that is just like goes back to being targeted with where you're reaching out to but also being targeted with how you're you know leveraging networking yeah, there's nothing wrong with just grabbing coffee and getting to know somebody. You never know if like something will pop up in the future. They'll get a new job that's super interesting, by all means. But yeah, just being like very thoughtful 
about how you use those relationships and how you, um, you know, get introductions because it's not always going to be the right introduction. Yeah, no, no, completely. And I think that's a great point to kind of, to kind of end on. But one thing I did want to, to ask you before we kind of finish up completely, Will, is I know you have, well, a really, really good program of giving Lavender access free to job seekers, which I think is phenomenal because it's a tool I've used myself, you know, don't want to say this is this is not sponsored, as they say. Um, <laughs> um, but um, do you want to tell us quickly a little bit about that and, and how people can go about, um, you know, benefiting from from the platform before we finish? Yeah, um, if you're looking for a job and you're trying to send DMs or cold emails to get in touch, um, reach out to me. Uh, reach out to my co-founder. We will happily hook you up for free on the product um, until you find a job and probably beyond that because. Um, yeah, frankly, it kind of comes back to our roots of how we started. Uh, I mentioned that at the start, right? Um, it was, it was a group that was near and dear when we were building the product where that digital communication really matters. And like what you're writing in that moment really matters. And there's a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress that comes with it. And when we think about what we've built at Lavender, you know, we can cut a lot of that doubt out of your process. And so that's just like something that we've always wanted to like stay true to and, and stick with. So yeah, if you're looking, um, reach out. I'm happy to hook you up. I'm also happy to yeah. sit down and talk through your, your strategy if you need help. Amazing. No, no, sounds good. And, and obviously LinkedIn is probably the best place for people to find you. Is that right? It's true. Um, slightly ironic, but um, yeah, the, the other way that I would say is just reach out to me over email. It's will.albred at trialavender.com. Yeah. Write him a cold email. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, write me a cold email. Excellent. Uh, no, thanks very much, Will. We really, really appreciate your time. There was a load of good tips in there. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm sure people will reach out to you if they've got any questions as well with that cold email. Not yeah. attaching a resume, though. Let's, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> thanks very yeah, much, Will. Save me the time. Thanks, Dave. <laughs>